Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports, no more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Alana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind the scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today. He is astonishing in so many ways that we could not do just one, but had to do two episodes featuring the brilliant playwright, screenwriter, humanitarian, and all-around extraordinary human, Jonathan Mark Sherman. A-OK. A-OK. So... We've already mentioned Pete and Josh and Robert Sean Leonard, Mm -hmm. Lily Taylor, um, people who in the early stages of your post-Bennington, Cynthia, um, who, you know, suddenly is in the thing on PBS. Oh, uh, Sam Cohn. Right. uh, (laughs) Eating the matchbook. So this is a collection of people that have really remained in your life all these many years. Absolutely. So I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but it is. it has been said that after 
college, you took a cross-country road trip mm-hmm. with Josh Hamilton. Yep. Uh, Frank Whaley? Uh, no, no, Josh we, Hamilton we, and Ethan Hawke. It was uh, Josh, Ethan, and myself, and we um, stopped by to visit Frank okay. on, the, on the trip. The at, marvelous uh, Frank Whaley. Yeah. Uh, all of you have, have made like such an incredible imprint on our generation's um, view of of what is good film and what is good theater and 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 what is good writing. Um, so Ethan, who all kidding aside, really has remained. I mean, you Google you or him, and there are so many intersections of work that you guys have created together over and over again. He went on to be. I mean, maybe when you met, he'd already done Dead Poet Society. I don't remember where. Uh, we met because uh, he, uh, Josh Charles from, uh, you know, was my my stage door friend. Right. And then uh, Bob through the Young Playwrights Festival because right. Bob and Josh shared a dressing room. And then so Bob and Josh went off um, to do Dead Poets and right. came back and sort of brought Ethan into our That's where tribe. they all met. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and so that um, and sort of within that group um, – it, both Ethan and myself would never stop talking mm-hmm. and would stay up really late. So mm-hmm. that was so. And that just became... has remained true yep. all yep. these many years. <laughs> yep. And uh, you start writing for your friends. Uh, yes. And you also act a lot, but mostly at the beginning and at the when when Malapart, this theater company that you create and and brainstorm about on this road trip. Right. Where were you going? Just like we're young and we're going to drive cross country? We were, we were. Um, Whose car was it? Uh, it was Ethan's car. Okay. Uh, How does he was, have a car? It almost like, killed. A... It was a terrible car, first of all. It was, it was, we found out sort of at the end of the road trip that it was, if the road trip had been a little bit longer, uh, the car might have exploded. Okay. Old Beshi. Um, so, yeah. Right. Um, we, got, we got lucky on that one. Um, we were, uh, you know, we were wanting to see America. I had actually, I had done uh, a cross-country trip and back with my father and my brother in 1978 before. Okay. So I had experience doing it and it was very, um, uh, it was very meaningful to me. And uh, and we all sort of wanted to do it. Uh, Josh was the one who had the most sort of serious girlfriend at the time. But um, we were, you know... We're like no one's gonna miss us for right. if we just did, hit the road and um and, and how do you have money and they have money because they've started to do movies. Mm-hmm. You're making a little money because you're a, a little hot writer. Yeah, a little um and so it, it was it was also you know we were we were not um uh, we would we would you didn't camp out we didn't yeah we were yeah. we were three. Basically, we were three gross young guys uh-huh. essentially who didn't you know it was like we would stay in the worst of motels if we you know we'd stay and are you quoting like Allen Ginsberg like are you right so in the Kerouac so like that are you, that's what you're fancying yourself yes yeah so precious yes yes Malapart is in fact named <clears throat> after uh, a reference in a Kerouac interview okay. uh, that where he references a French book that was published where you could um, sort of move the pieces around in any order and uh, and we loved that um, but you all meet in this place of loving Words, yes, and and film, absolutely, and theater, and, obviously. And but talked about it constantly. Right. I mean, that was our that you know the way that some people would talk about you know 
the minutia of sports, mm-hmm. uh, the arts were our sports. And All uh, of you. None of you guys were athletic. Not particularly. Ethan isn't either. Uh, he more more so than myself, but that's about jockey. a low bar. Yeah. Uh, that, but um, uh, but but much more interested in. Um, in what's the what's the play that we should be seeing? What's mm-hmm. the film that we should be seeing? What's the, and are you oh, I mentored by someone? Is there a grown up sort of in your life that's sort of the the grand poobah of? I I um, well Bennington would not be uh, sort of properly discussed without. Uh, in, first of all, in uh, Pete's class was also my. One of my dearest friends, uh, Brooks Ashmanskis, who you mentioned. Hilarious, uh, so, yes. So those two came in my sophomore year. Uh, a lot, I mean, it was an amazing group of people for such a small college. Um, and uh, my, um, but my uh, drama professor at Bennington, um, uh, and who directed me in uh, the Marriage of Bet and Boo, my freshman year, um, was Nikki Martin. And may he rest in peace oh, and miss him every beloved, day. Our beloved, beloved man. Yeah, he's. I also have his picture in my office. He and Jack are in uh, a, a dual frame. Um, but he uh, ended up directing four original productions of my plays. He was my, you know, he was my teacher, my mentor, um, my friend. We ca- Brooks and I um, called him mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he called uh, me the pretty daughter, and he called Brooks the difficult daughter. So I have. <laughs> Many an email and a text, uh, right. sign, you know, from pretty, you know, love pretty D. Um, Hilarious. And uh, um, my favorite, probably my maybe my favorite voicemail I I have is um, one from him on uh, a Mother's Day where we forgot to call him, <laughs> and he said, "Well, the sun is setting on what I consider the most important <laughs> holiday of the year, oh my and God. neither one of my beloved daughters." Yeah. Has seen me. fit to call their dear old mother. <laughs> must change the will. Must you know? I mean, it's just, it just goes on and Amazing. on. And then laughs that that extraordinary laugh that he had. And um, he was um, uh, he directed play his first plays uh, at Bennington as a teacher, and then uh, directed at the Old Globe and um, and Williamstown. Play, and Williamstown. But he, uh, the first play he directed professionally in New York was um, Sophistry at Playwrights Horizons. Because wow. uh, Don was the artistic director at that point and, and said, did your play. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, I think, what, what do you think about the idea of Nikki directing this play? Because it's a college play and Nikki, you know, was, was your co- I was like, um, you don't have to <laughs> say that twice. He's like the greatest, you know, I mean, I, I, I knew how wonderful he was. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I was again, very lucky to meet. And is he influential in terms of, because in thinking about you boys on this road trip, Kerouac aside, sort of, you know, godparent to you in that way. And, and so that's Nikki. Yep. And then you get into all sorts of trouble, I imagine. Sure. On that. At the time, were you guys ambitious? Are uh, you thinking like Pete's going to be a movie star and Ethan's going to be a movie star? And uh, like, what, what are you thinking? Or are we just going to like make art and, and, and be revolutionary? What are you thinking is going to happen? Uh, both, of, I would say those things are true. Um, uh, we were wildly ambitious, mm-hmm. which was... Um, and not I embarrassed about what, it. Not, not 
not at all. Um, I think, you know, thinking back on it, you're you're talking about a bunch of um, a bunch of people who were, uh, you know, Josh. Hamilton had been with Fox Albert. You know, he was a Fox Albert kid. Uh, they were, you know, it was just a management company for mm-hmm. for kids. Um, I was, I had a man, you know, an acting manager, Shirley Grant, who's right. still around. Uh, it was like we we were, um, you know, we were not only ambitious, but um, there was a sort of this code of of uh, incredibly supportive outside an audition room but if an audition came up sort of cutthroat you know wow. there was like the the i mean all the guys from dead poets i remember auditioned for that movie dad and it, there's actual video footage of them like one after coming another down for the audition yeah. and and all being cocky and saying well you can all go home you know yeah. I, I got it you know and i think ethan actually says something along those lines and indeed turned out to get the movie right um but uh but so yeah so there was a wild level of ambition and a wild um level of wanting to be wanting to do good work mm-hmm. and so to combine those two things is really why we wanted to start Malapart was because we said we want to do these things with one another right. and every once in a while like this theater or that film company might put two of us together maybe if we get lucky but um but we all want to work together yeah and we want to choose our own projects and um we want to do them fast and we want to do them cheap um and we were all like a little too young for naked angels so right. that we could, they would let us hang out yeah and come to the parties but yeah. like they were you know we weren't being asked to be members right. or anything and um and so we said you know as these things happen we're like okay we'll start ours um mm-hmm. and uh and that's what you know that that's uh and our big thing was you know affordable tickets ten dollar tickets right. and um uh and no reviews right uh, so you know there's no like and how were you able to uh keep the no review edict it was uh well would you only do a certain number of performances or just not invite the press we or? we wouldn't invite the press uh it turned out well the we press wrote later, so much came. about you guys they, they did you're come young um, and famous uh which was which was funny it's like you, you know you try to get them to come to nope. this thing over here they're like nope. you have no interest yeah. and we're like we're you're not invited and they're, yeah. they're all like come yeah we are um but uh but um we Basically, we're doing, uh, you know, one of the cheap ways to do shows back then was under the showcase code. Mm-hmm. So we um, could do 16 performances, so which we could stretch out into a three-week run. And we sort of thought, that seems like a real run to us of, you know, certainly for a new play. And, yeah. we can, and if we keep the ticket prices at this level, we'll get, and we did, we got very young audiences. Um, and I remember Jason Blum, who's gone on to be Jason came uh, to see an insanely successful producer. He is, and again, groomsman. A dear friend. He's, uh, uh, we had a lot of groomsmen. I'm did. realizing. Big wedding. Gonna, we had yeah, a big wedding. Yeah, apparently. Um, but uh, Didn't you get married at the public theater? We did indeed. Yeah. We did indeed. We That's were trying to needed. figure out um, where, you know. Where to house where, everybody. Where, where would be a place that would have deep meaning to us? And um, and we sort of thought, oh, this is the this is the temple of our choice. This yeah. is the this is a worshipful place. And, That's um, so beautiful. And there's a, a a theater there named after my late mother-in-law um, because she was uh, she was one of the first board members, uh, one of Joe Papp's first board members, and was a huge 
supporter um, and of uh, of the theater and mm-hmm. loved that theater. Uh, so there's a theater at uh, at Vassar where she went to school named after her, and a theater at the Public named after her. Um, and, and now you're you've one or two kids two. get to see like their their mom's name everywhere. It's pretty in beautiful. these cultural institutions that are just. Life changing for people, it's extraordinary. M- it is my favorite kind of living tribute, and, tribute. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're doing this stuff, Jason Blum. I mean, it's sort of like whatever's in the water at this time of creativity, luck, yeah. and um, things kind of percolating in the way that they do. How are you guys able to handle what happens? in a group of people when one or two people blow up? And how do how does this kind of cauldron of artistic passion handle that? It's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's there's it's different for each personality type in the group. Um, I think, you know, there are uh, there were definitely um, people who didn't handle it as well as others. Mm -hmm. Um, The, uh, you know, one of the sort of nuts and bolts problems of when people start getting, you know, tons and tons of work is you say, are we doing a play next season? You know, are are we like, what's, what's what's happening here? We're, we're having as hard a time getting ourselves in a room as, you know, um, as, as any place else now. And, um, but that was sort of, we, one of the sort of philosophical ideas was we sort of also said we never wanted to have a space because we, we only wanted to do plays when we had a play that we loved and uh-huh. said we want to do this. Um, we never wanted to say, well, we have a slot this season, so we're doing this play because of that reason. Um, and, uh, and so the idea is sort of that, you know, you put two or three Malapart people together on something, and that's an unofficial Malapart project mm-hmm. anyway. Regardless of so what happened, umbrella yeah, company is housing it. Those are happening to this day. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're, it's, you know, I'm working with Jason on something. I'm working with, you know, Ethan on something. We we all continue to um, to love one another and and uh, work together. Um, and uh, And so... Can I talk to you about your process? Sure. Um, because writing, I think, is just the hardest thing in the world. Uh, to be alone in a room, I don't even know if that's where you write, but can you talk to me a little bit about your process? Uh, sure. It is, um, I, I think that, um, you know, for, my, it, it, it it's definitely, you know, not for the faint of heart in mm-hmm. terms of a, you know, a lonely profession. And, a, the, yeah, and I think that's one of, um, uh, besides my terrible grammar, uh, one of the reasons I didn't uh, become a novelist uh, and became a playwright is to at least have some, you know, earlier social component of the work. Um, but, uh, meaning readings of the work or readings, what do you mean production production that, that other people would enter okay. uh, that, that, that it wasn't just, I'm alone in a room until it's published and right. I'm not. Right. Um, and then it's the thing's done, um, and out in the world. And, um, uh, but I used to write almost exclusively, um, late at night, because uh, since my you know, after my mother died, uh, I've had sleep issues, insomnia, um, 
uh, ever since. And uh, and so the night hours really were great for writing because mm-hmm. everyone else was asleep. It was quiet. It was before the internet. You know, mm-hmm. it was when the internet was still the ARPANET. And um, uh, and so I said, oh, this is a great quiet time where the world is sort of asleep in my part of it and um, and I can sort of shut things down and focus. Um, now it's become, you know, I, I have all sorts of different ways to go, okay, I have to, you know, you, which children are very, very helpful for going oh, yeah. like, oh, I theoretically have 24 hours in a day where I could be writing, you know, yeah. I'm like, but no, I have to be sleeping. And I, you know, you're like, yes, if I don't want to see my family, mm-hmm. I could do that. But I do want to see my family because I have an amazing family and I get to live with the three loves of my life. Like, no, I think I'll, um, I think I'll identify the sort of two slots in each day where if I don't get writing done in those two slots, I'm not getting writing done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I sort of, protect those uh, as much as I can. Do you write um, in an office? Do you like to write in I coffee write, shops? What's your... Uh, I'll write anywhere anywhere I can, but uh, but I, I generally write in an office. I have... Um, I, I, and I have an office at home. Um, I have... Uh, always I sort of sort of preferred writing at home wherever home is um so what happens wherever it is wherever home is right. you sit down I assume it's no longer a typewriter it's a computer it's a computer although I collect typewriters and it's sometimes if I get stuck it can be a typewriter okay what do you do uh I how do you start it is it's it's been different you know there's no there's not um it's not the same every time. Uh, it's because uh, some, sometimes it's I say, oh, there's an image that I can't get out of my head. Maybe that's a play. You know, but these days, often what I'll do is say, can this be anything other than a play? And if okay. the answer is yes, then I go. Then I go. Okay, uh, let me let me put it in the other than a play file um, because when I started writing. Plays were the quickest and cheapest and fastest ways I get, you know, but um, but now they're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if I leave my house for, you know, miss bedtime with the kids to see a play, I want it to be something that I go, oh, this can only be live. This okay. has to be live, you know. Um, and so I don't uh, I, I, I don't want to write something that would work just as well as a uh, small movie or a limited series or this mm-hmm. or that. Um, uh, and, um, but oftentimes if I'm, uh, one, one of the things I'm very, very fond of doing is, uh, just filling up the page, sort of giving yourself not, no excuse, uh, to not write. Uh, that's, which is also one of the reasons I write at home. Um, because, I, for a, a very brief period of time, got an office outside of the house. And I said, Oh, that was that was really not well thought out because now I have more excuses to not get there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so it's very helpful to me to have um, a place where I can sit down in pajamas, and, you know, if need be, and just start filling up filling up the page um, uh, as um, when you start on a new project. That is not an adaptation of mm-hmm. something else, like Bob Carroll, Ted, and Alice. Obviously, you're adapting right. something that already existed. Yep. When it is a completely fabricated in the mind of Jonathan Mark Sherman, um, 
Do you have often, I mean, I read 20 plays at least that you wrote, and that's not everything you've ever written, right? <laughs> so do you have the whole arc of something in your mind when you sit down to write a play? Do you have one character? Maybe it's different every time, but like, how do you... How does your brain work? It has been uh, it has been all of those things. Mm-hmm. It has I have had um, I've had I've had plays where I had the beginning and end um, and said how do we get from A to Z? Um, I've had plays that started just with a, an image I didn't understand and wanted to. Um, like what? Can play, you think specifically uh, of what that is? Uh, well, uh, Women of Wallace was actually um, I had this this idea of um, a guy was holding this image of a guy holding a tomato and a mm-hmm. woman in a white dress, and I didn't, and it was, and so I wrote hopefully something that no one will ever see, but like five pages of like stuff about tomatoes and dresses, and and uh, which ended up becoming you know, this very short prologue to the play, but was, um, but, but that also, um, a little, a little, uh, pre-story to that was that the play I had written before that I thought was about a family, um, and there was never any mention of, um, a dead mother in Mm -hmm. the play. And, uh, a director named Gary Pearl was directing the reading of it. And he said, well, you know, the first thing he said at, at the rehearsal was, um, uh, well, so, of course, the spirit of the, you know, the dead mother sort of looms uh, over this play. And I said, oh, uh, OK, maybe I should do a rewrite and refer to her at one point. But then said, if if I'm if when trying not to write about her, I'm writing about her. Let's see what happens if I actually write about my feelings about her and how she's her death impacted my life and my relationships and um and so that was that was what got that going um i had uh for um my play things we want i had an idea of uh, of you know um change amongst bro- like the, the, that if two you know two brothers uh could radically switch their places in the family um on purpose what would happen on that well it, through forces that they were you know seemingly not in control of uh-huh. um and what what that would be like and and um and that took a long time to sort of figure out what that was um so it's it is different with with and I'll take I'll take all of them I'll take mm-hmm. you know if something gets me writing and gets me to the end of a first draft I'm thrilled with it um uh not always thrilled with the first drafts but uh in fact rarely if ever thrilled with the first drafts but um, but you finish it but yeah that's the that's the most important thing just to take away the excuses for not writing so you've been very public about the fact that you are sober yes um for how long now uh just over 18 years now okay yeah, so a lifetime uh, yes. right i mean yes my for, for, my clean and sober, my sobriety can now vote uh, yeah pointed out. that's yeah. Ex- and i hope it does in the I, next I election i hope it does too <laughs> Your sobriety uh, is the one vote that can get us over the edge. Oh, from your mouth. I, I promise. So when you were writing in your early days, mm-hmm. was alcohol your muse? 
Uh, no, it was. It, I I think there were probably um, patches where I thought or was trying to sort of position it as like, oh, maybe it's maybe there's it a romance hurt. here. Yeah, doesn't hurt, but um, but there's ne- there was never anything good, and and oftentimes not even anything legible written. Uh, if we're honest, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and so. I think what you know what happened is I write and then sort of release my energy by going out. I was a After. very I was a very social, um, you know, drunk and drug addict, and uh, and that was. Uh, I mean, I, I again when I look back, I go, oh, things that some people do in high school <laughs> when they're when they fit into their hometowns a little bit more i think i seemed to have done in my 20s and early 30s um now when we're in our 20s and we're all running around new york as yes, we were yes. and still are just carefully yep um because it's the greatest place to live it and it's just indeed. great to see our friends um everyone's doing what you're doing Right. So what made what did everyone stop and you kept going? Were you like then saying goodnight to everyone and there were like three more chapters to your evening that your friends don't know about? Uh yes. Uh that was certainly a part of it. It was um there were people who would, you know, sort of peel off and mm-hmm. have regular bedtimes and then it's you think, you know, there's the the people who go home at midnight and the people who go home at two and the people who go home at four because the bars kick you out. And then, uh, but the bars don't always kick you out. Sometimes they, you know, the gates come down and if you know the people, you can stay inside. Um, and, uh, and then the after hours places and it's all that stuff. And you sort of, you know, you find a different kind of tribe, which is like, you know, it's not hard to find the people who are doing this, the, the illicit stuff that you're looking to do. Um, and, uh, and so the, I mean, I think because of that, there were definitely friends who didn't realize for a while that was, you know, I was sort of, it had gotten as bad as it had gotten. Uh, and there were friends who did, and there were friends who, um, uh, you know, specifically, I mean, I have three who really stand out, but it was, uh, you know, Nikki Martin took me to my first AA meeting in 1993 as research. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back at that now and I think like, oh, he knew, he saw the beginnings of a thing and he's like, you want to come, you're going to write a monologue about it. Come to an open meeting with mm-hmm. me. Uh, and, um, uh, and then Ethan and Josh tried uh, a, 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 an intervention, which was taking me to Jerry Maguire and then saying, we're actually going to a meeting after because we want to talk to you. Oh, about, okay. You know, uh, and, uh, Not like an intervention where we're taking you to a rehab, no, but I, that we're going to really no, tell you gonna, what we're thinking. We, we're worried about you mm-hmm. and uh, this is getting out of control and we don't want to lose you. And that, that, um, uh, were you getting into dangerous situations? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 No, I, um, I, I look back on that period of time and I think, you know, there's, there's, um, I mean, I had to have, uh, I've had uh, psoriatic arthritis since I was 19. Mm -hmm. Um, And so first of all, was also taking arthritis medication that they're like, okay, so the first thing you shouldn't do on this is drink. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, I'll just pretend that's not the case. Um, But, uh, but so. Right. Because you're invincible. Right. Right. They don't mean me. I can. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, uh, But so I had, uh, I had to get a 
of liver biopsy. Um, and, uh, Alexandra and my dad were waiting outside during it. And, uh, I think, but, you know, both convinced, um, that it wasn't going to be a particularly good result. Um, and it came back great. And I think often that that was like my mom from the great, you know, beyond being like, okay, that's your one free pass. Don't right. do it again. You right. know, it was like the, the power of a Jewish mother. Yeah. My boy's um, been through enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, there were, so um, they took you to a meeting. They took me to a meeting, and were you a, like... a few meetings. Mm -hmm. I, I was already trying to figure out ways of getting them off my back. So I was like, yeah, great. Let's go to meetings. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll, you know what? I'll keep going on my own. Yeah. I'm and, good. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, our great friends Sandy and Daisy, um, I showed up at their engagement party, um, having not slept because I and thinking no one would notice. Mm -hmm. I was like, um, uh, still sort of wired, and there are photos of this, right? Um, and so they sent me, um, they got literature for Smithers, which is where John Cheever dried out. And um, they thought he'll like that. He's the How old are literate. you at this point? Uh, at this point, I'm, uh, gosh, okay. So I'm th uh, 29, 30. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, you know, not surprisingly, as I sort of approached the age my mom was when she died, I started getting my anxiety. I started getting panic attacks. Right. And, um, and it was so finally, uncomfortable. It was terrible. Yeah. And, um, uh, and when, when I finally stopped, um, sort of having those, particularly those three people, mm -hmm. those three people, you know, in my head saying, oh, they, they've put me on notice before. This is not a one-off mm -hmm. like, uh, that that was powerful and also the sort of fear uh, it was a moment of like if you wish to die continue doing exactly what you're doing if you've been playing with this sort of like where's the edge and you were a dark kid and you know you had like the, but you wish to live and become right. an old man right um maybe some changes need to be made and um and that uh, from that day to this. So you um, went. Uh, so I went and, for like uh, uh, thirty days, sixty days. Uh, no, I did. I I went uh, to. I actually went to uh, the Lenox Hill emergency room because I said I'm having a panic attack. But mm -hmm. um, but boy, it feels like a heart attack. And um, uh, and then went to uh, meetings and went to therapy and uh, and that is so uh, you know would have gone. To rehab happily if right. that was so you ended up not doing that and your doing body that. freaked out My and body that, freaked out yeah. and said it's time to stop and yeah. um and and i it was so terrifying that i listened to it and um and the um, sort of immediacy with which life got a lot better um was you know was a really strong um help for to to sort of say oh okay that that there's another way to live yeah. um and uh i mean and i i think back now i like on the thought that i could have missed being a husband and a father and i think like 
I, 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 it's unimaginable to me and, uh, and I'm extremely grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and that's, and again, that's also something I'm very, um, vocal about because I'm like, if there's one person who hears it and says, Oh, I'm, I, I'm struggling with this too. It's like, there are there are options like get to a meeting get to like do you still go to meetings all the time uh i not i not all the time but when but sporadically I, feel it. I go to therapy all the time uh-huh uh and uh and i go to meetings i sort of like oftentimes uh special occasions i will go to meet but if mm-hmm. i also if i ever um so i mean i've never been to a single meeting where there hasn't been that one thing said that, that stays with me for yeah you know that where you're thinking why did I show up today again? And then somebody there says the is. thing, and you go, oh, that's why. So what's the first thing you wrote sober? Uh, the first thing I wrote sober was Things We Want. Um, An incredible play. And I, I, With your best friends I, in it. I'm uh, very, it's, it is, uh, I mean, it's hard to talk about favorite, but it's, it's, I think, my favorite play of mine because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And also it's the, I mean, it's the, Alexandra brought our son, you know, to the lighting booth to watch five minutes when he yeah. was a baby. Ugh, just so we, you know, we have best. a photo of it. And it's so it's for, for many, many reasons. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a play that means an awful lot to me. Uh, but that's high on the list of reasons um, is that uh, is that it was the first play that I wrote. So do you feel successful? Oh, gosh. As a writer? Um I feel uh, th- that that I am still allowed to do what I want to do and love to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels to me I, like if that's not success, I don't know what is. Yeah. So for my definition of what success is, I feel, you know, I have felt successful all of my life. Um, I have, uh, you know, from the moment... I discovered the theater, yeah. um, uh, and, and got to participate in it. Um, so yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I feel, uh, I, yeah, I feel not to, not to get all Lou Gehrig about it, but I feel, yeah, like the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Um, well, I have to say if, if you ask anyone in the theater community and maybe other communities, this is just the one I know best, who their favorite person is. Not just their favorite writer, but their favorite person. It's Jonathan Mark Sherman. Like, to a person, you have touched so many lives. You have inspired so many people. You know, you talk about all these angels in your life and all these friends. It's because you are such a good friend, right? Like, it's not it's not in a vacuum. Your capacity to love and be a friend is um, rivaled by none. And... I'm just so personally proud of you and I'm so in awe of all you've accomplished and are going to accomplish and to just have had this time with you and just to scratch the surface of your brilliance. You know, I don't know that many prodigies personally. You are someone we all consider a prodigy. It's very excited and daunting and intimidating. Um, But I love you very much and thank you you for coming on. It is my pleasure and my honor and uh, I love you right back.
If you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast. And on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. Do you believe in stories? I know I do. Do you feel like there is more to your story? Personally, I feel like there's more to every story. And I got some good news. There's this great company called the Pocket Media Group, and they can help you find the more in your story and tell it so it connects to the people you most want to reach. They specialize in video, photography, writing, design, branding, and strategy, all the pieces you need to start something new or polish up something old. And they understand that story, whether it's a photograph, a video, or words on a page, powerfully connects people and ideas. So whether you're a not-for-profit, a company, or just good old you with an idea, whatever your story, mission, or message, reach out to the people at The Pocket Media Group at www.thepocketmediagroup.com and let them help you start telling your story. Because look, we know there is definitely more to your story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.